Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Bilema's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. It's that time of year, Beef. Everybody's got their top 25. NIL Fan Vote has put out their top 25. They're our sponsor, so let's break down their top 25. Compare it to the AP poll and see what we got. Break it down for me, Beef. Who we got 25 through 20? Yeah, we got to get into this just like Georgia got into TCU's ass in the championship game. Yes, sir. All right, so we'll start at the very end. There was two teams that were a little bit different. We didn't have Tulane or Iowa rated. I mean, the obvious thing is Iowa. Why rate a team that can't produce an offensive point? I don't have anything else to say until they show us. There's yeah, no you got to prove it. Tulane, to me, was a one-hit wonder. They're going to have that season. They're done. They got to show it again. Are you saying and, they're like Billy Ray Cyrus? Uh, they're like new kids on the block. <laughs> All right, so we got, what, NC at 23. We got Kansas State at 22. TCU at 17 in the NIL fan boat, top 25. TCU came in at 17 in the AP poll. Kansas State came in at 16. So the little minor differences there. The Big 12 is just going to cannibalize each other. They're all going to be out there. a little bit like the pack nothing. They're going to cannibalize each other. The pack done. That's what we're calling it. The pack done. They're all going to beat each other. So it's hard to really rate them right now, you know, until someone separates themselves. And TCU lost everything. They did. I don't see how. I think NIL fan vote has TCU, right? I think 17 might be a bit high, but there's not a huge difference between the two. So either way, can't really go wrong there. Let's get on with 19 uh, through 15. Yeah, Texas A&M is at 20, though. AP has them at 23. No big deal. Oregon State, we are right there with the AP poll at 18. We have them at 19. Oklahoma, 20. We have them at 18. Old Miss is kind of a big change. We have them at 17. The AP poll has them at 22. I think they're a team that can contend for that SEC West. They got their quarterback coming back. He's a slinger. Jackson Dart is back, throwing darts. I mean, they got a lot to work for. They need to produce a defense. Lane Kiffin is known for that offensive gunslinger mentality, but they're going to compete in that SEC West. Yeah, I think they're a dangerous team. I think they're capable of beating anybody, but also probably lack consistency. So I think it's a good spot for them. Yeah, and Miami coming in at 16, they're not rated in the AP poll. I mean, I think maybe because of the recruiting rankings that go into our top 25 NIL fan vote, that bumped them up there quite a bit. Miami's hard to nail down. She's like that hot girl at prom. You know, you you a little fugly. It's hard to nail down. Hard to guess. Miami, she's you just a, never know, man. Like butter they're always, face. yeah, exactly. Butterface. Everything looks good from far away. You get up close and you realize she ain't got no game. She looks damn good in that dress. Wait till she takes her makeup off. <laughs> Put her face down on the pillow. She comes up looking like someone else. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see. A lot of this stuff is it's preseason, man. And we're not going to know how right this is until. What, eight weeks into the season, maybe? Yeah, I think eight weeks is a little deep, but I say five, six, you could probably start to figure out who these teams are. Then we get into our top 15. So we have Oregon at 15. AP poll has them at 15. There must be something right about that. Bo Nix is trying to get a Heisman. I don't think he's personally, I don't think he's a Heisman contender, but I guess we'll see when we get there. There's too many other people out West, too many other quarterbacks. Utah at 14. They got their quarterback too. We have them at 14. AP poll has them at 14. 
So they're they're probably at a right around the right position. Yeah, I think what scares me with them a little bit is he's coming off an ACL tear. So do they get a little snake bit while he's gone? Does that hurt their ranking? Obviously, when Cam comes back, he's been the king of the pack done. So once he's back, they're dangerous. But how long will he be fully back to health? We'll see how much that impacts Utah. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's kind of a wait and see approach. Now, 13, we have the perennial third place Big Ten East finisher, Penn State. And I think that's why we have them down so far. You know, I mean, they're recruiting well. They have good talent everywhere. Their defensive backfield is awesome. They have a five-star quarterback from Ohio that's going to be starting. So they have the pieces. They just got to show it to us, you know? You know they're going to guarantee to get two losses based on their history. They can't seem to beat Ohio State. They can't seem to beat Michigan. And then they always have a slip or two. That's a safe bet to have them right there until proven otherwise, until they actually take down a dragon. Got to slay that dragon. All right, then moving right along, number 12, we have Washington. And they are 10 in the AP. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's nothing to really talk about there. It's pretty close, so no big... No big change. Same with Notre Dame. The NIL fan vote poll is number 11. AP has them 13. Nothing to note. Yeah, I mean, probably about right. That range is right. Now, the big one, once we get into the top 10, this is huge. LSU, number 10 for us in the NIL fan vote, top 25. What are they in the AP poll? Five. The AP poll, they have them number five. And this is where we get into a lot of controversy with people. When we posted this on our Facebook page, NIL fan vote, Facebook page. We got some response from this. There was one guy, Philip Norris. He was like, you clearly don't like SEC schools. This is definitely the dumbest I've seen yet. Thanks, man. So what we got, our response to that, obviously four in the top 10 means nothing. The power players in the SEC have new quarterbacks. LSU, not one of those. They return their quarterback. LSU is a lot like the Penn State of the SEC West. You know, they always lose a game or two. They lost to Florida State last year. Last year, and, and that's another one of the controversy picks where we have Florida State. But you look at Georgia, they're down a little bit. Alabama's down a little bit. Ohio State's down a little bit. We obviously put a lot into returning quarterbacks. Once we figure And returning out- production. And returning production, yeah. What else do they have returning? That's where we we really wanted to go with this because that we felt like is one of the biggest predictors of what you're going to do for the season. And obviously recruiting rankings play a part. But with LSU, the reason we had them 10 and not 5 is they lose most of their defense. And their defense was the reason why they were so good last year and most of the reason why they won the SEC West. So with them losing that, now we have questions. They have returning production on offense, but do they replace the defense? And that, since that was the strength of their team, naturally you have a little bit of concern. And then we get back a little further down in the top 10. Texas, we have at 9. AP poll has them at 11. Clemson at 8. AP poll has them at 9. So those are right there, right where they want to be. So one place we did bump up the SEC is number 7, Tennessee. They're 12 in the AP poll. They had that great year last year. That was one of those ones that we've kind of discussed a little bit. They, they could be one that drops because of all the success they had with Hooker last year. Hendon Hooker was just an accurate quarterback. He always got the ball where it needed to be. Was that a freak? Was that product of the system? Hard to tell. We'll see this year. Joe Milton, he didn't really do much, didn't show much, but he might be one of those quarterbacks that just need a little bit of time in the system. 
We'll see. What do you think? Here's my thought on Milton. He's in his, what, fifth year pretty much as a college athlete, and he's been beaten out by everyone no matter where he goes. There's got to be some kind of hitch in his giddy-up. There's got to be something that uh, he doesn't do right for him to be held back for that long. Obviously, he's got a cannon. I mean, he, the dude can definitely can whip it. Does he whip it right to the other player, the other team? Throw interceptions a lot. Time will tell. I think the model might be a little too high on Tennessee here. NIL fan vote. Got to trust the model, right? And then again, we talked about this earlier. Number six, Ohio State. AP poll has him number three. You got to show me what you got slinging. I know Ryan Day is a quarterback whisperer. He's going to get a guy throwing the ball well. They're going to put up numbers. They got receivers all across the field. They got receivers for days. They got receivers on third string that should start any quarterback's got to get it there. I mean, it's got to prove it. You got to prove it first before we put you up. Yeah, I think it's another prove me thing. They're very quarterback driven at Ohio State. If they don't have a quarterback, that machine doesn't go. It's it's everything. And since we don't know, it's a prove me. Now, there's some good faith in keeping them at six, probably mostly because of the returning wide receivers, but they have questions at offense. They have questions at quarterback. One, you have a fresh quarterback, and can you protect them? That's why they're at six and not three. Honestly, I could see them being a little bit further back, but that's just me. For sure. All right, get into the drama now. Alabama, we have them at five. AP poll four, not much drama there, really. But again, it's a quarterback show me thing. It's Alabama. They got recruits all across the field. So they're still in the top five. Some people may argue. I mean, people get really nitpicky once you get into the top 10, top five, and you're dropping people one point, a team one point. You know, that starts to get really, really in people's nerves deep down in their skin when they're talking about it passionate fan bases you get with Ohio State with the Alabamas of the world. And then and we got a lot of shit for USC. You know, arguing back and forth for why USC should be top five. There was a comment on here where let me see, like I couldn't stop laughing. So close. USC doesn't belong in the top ten, let alone the top five. Well according to this, the AP poll agrees they belong in the top ten. We have them two spots higher at four. Listen, I mean, listen to what they got. They have a Heisman quarterback, great receivers, an NFL offensive analyst on their staff. They have eight four-star transfers with six of them being defensive players right where they needed it, on the defense. What's not to like? Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. I can't say it enough. He's a returning Heisman Trophy winner. The dude is electric. Yeah, he might win it again. They've added transfers on the defense to try to fix their defense. I don't believe in old Alex, but come on, man. This is a quarterback league, and you have the best. And literally, they should have been in the playoffs last year. Figure out how to beat Utah. They're in the playoffs, not Ohio State. So they're right where they should be, in my opinion. Agreed. Florida State, another one. This was a fan favorite of just telling us how bad this poll sucks what do you got on florida state man this is this is a vegas thing man this is a gamble i think nil fan vote is going on a lot of trust in the growth of their returning production they're the number one team in returning production so i can see why the model has them that high i am interested to see how they are i'm high on florida state this year i like it but i still think it's a gamble even if i like it let's just get into some of these comments we had florida state what the hell and the returning production, that's what the hell. 87% of their production comes back for number one. Florida State, you lost any and all credibility of being taken seriously. Man, it's the preseason. No one knows until games are played. That's kind of the beauty of it. That formula is heavily weighted for returning productions. Another guy, everyone knows Florida State isn't that good. You know, 
they are. I feel like they're going to beat Clemson at Clemson. And, and people are talking about Clemson's always going to win. They've been winning. They they own Florida State. They do, but not this year. Clemson's problem was the offensive line, too, in my opinion. It wasn't necessarily who they had at quarterback, what offense they were running. It's the offensive line they couldn't protect. So I think Florida State's going to take them in their own place. Yeah, I mean, they have that much returning production. you got to have faith in that production growing. They were a solid team last year. And and we're going to find out pretty quick if they uh, go out there and beat LSU again. The SEC West champ. All right, cool. Silence. Silence them, NIL fan vote. Silence them. Like, yo, eat You're going to find out right away. I mean, you're going to see Jordan Travis see what he can do against LSU. He had 3,214 yards last year, 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. Jared Verse, a stud DN, is going to is going to do it. They had a six-game win streak to end the season. Again, it wasn't against the best talent in the world, but they, they got the job done what needed to be done, and now they're riding that high, man. Riding that high. I like them. I'm taking them. I'm sticking by it. Until they show me they can't do it, I'm going to trust the model, baby. And then the next two, I mean, there's obviously not a big dramatic in one and two, but obviously when you have one and two, everybody gets their freaking butt fucking puckered like hell, man. All butt hurt on. Yeah, but, super you know butt what? hurt. It's a show me. Show me where your quarterback is, and then we'll know who he is in game situations. Let's see it. Show us where you're at. Show me the money. Show me those touchdowns. Show me you can get it to Brock on the outside, and we'll see. But Michigan has 81% returning production. They have a quarterback back. They have a great offensive line. They're replacing. They have four guys trying to replace two spots on the offensive line. Their defense is solid. They got their coaches. So let's go. They deserve it. They deserve to be number one. And I understand the comments. Where, you know, when people say Georgia's won it two years in a row, won all the marbles, they deserve to be knocked off. Well, you know what? It's a new season. Let's start over. Let's start over and see the team that has something already in their back pocket to prove, all right? And that's Michigan. Michigan has that quarterback. They have that experience. They have a dominant offensive line. They have great running backs. What else do you want? I mean, this this poll is going to change easily in the first couple weeks. And our, and I think the NIL fan vote poll, what people don't realize is how volatile it will be. It's going to move quite a bit game to game. You know, they show us a good game, it's, they're going to bump up there. They show us a bad game, they're going to bump right down. Until things start to stabilize and you really know where people at once the schedules start to play out and people play good teams or bad teams and show how they do. That was a lofty explanation there, Beef. You def one in. I think we even skipped the part to say that they were Georgia was number two and Michigan was number one. <laughs> and just kind of took off with it. Hey, man, we had to talk about it. Georgia. <laughs> you were excited, man. Two. I Michigan's number one. I'm ready to talk football. Let's go. Are you pitching a tent downstairs or something? Like, Jesus, man. Well, you know. Got a semi? Time. It's football season. <laughs> Need I say more? 72 hours before I start watching live, actual college football. Yes, sir. Here it comes. Now, let's get some reaction on this top 25, and let's bring in Seattle Matt. Get a good look at it. Yes, sir. I'm going to show him what I got. I'm going to pull my pant line up. What are we looking at? Hey, so we got Seattle Matt back on the line. He's joining us for the second time. He's going to be our regular. How we doing, uh, Matt? Doing well. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. What's going on, man? Wonderful. All right, so we're going to break down the AP Top 25. We're going to compare it to our sponsor, NIL Fan Votes Top 25. So, yeah. What team in the top 10 will finish outside the top 25? Matt, what you got for us? Yeah, obviously being up here in Seattle, going to have kind of Pac-12 sign on a lot of the information I have. You're looking at top 10, not only just the AP, but the NIL top 25. 
know, a common name that sticks out with both is USC. Obviously, we all know Caleb Williams. We know won the Heisman last year. He's front runner again for it this year. USC is one that kind of sticks out to me as one that really could fall out very quickly. And a lot of that is due to the back end of that schedule. They have a brutal stretch. Five of their last six games are absolutely brutal. You got Notre Dame, you got Utah, you got UW, you got Oregon, you got UCLA, throwing a Cal team in there. Call it their bye week, however you want to. But five of their last six are really tough. You see one or two losses there early on. They really struggled against Utah last year, both in Utah, both in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't know if Caleb's able to overcome that, but you get a loss or two quickly there. You can see USC spiraling out really quickly. So that is probably my number one team who I think is in the top 10 that could fall out altogether. My second one, again, you'll hear this a few times throughout. I am not put on Florida State whatsoever. I haven't seen the quarterback play. I haven't seen the system as a whole really come around in a while. They also have some tough games on their schedule. They got that neutral side game against LSU to start the year. You got Clemson. Don't know what to make of Florida, but that's always a, an intense game if Florida can bring it. And you got Miami as well, who we'll talk about a little bit later. So those are two of the teams I'm seeing on both the AP and the NIL top 25s that I think could, could end the season out if there with three four losses. So Beef, man, he kind of dogged NIL fan votes. Two of their top 10 teams. So what you got for him? You going you gonna to hit him with a rebuttal? Well, there's a couple things you need to look at. Looking at USC, what do they have returning? So, let's take a look at that. You have a returning Heisman, you have Cliff Kingsbury, who is an NFL head coach, and you have six of the eight uh, transfers that they got in were defense, so as a position of need, and that was really the only thing that they needed last year. They had the offense. They were very questionable on defense, so they got six four-stars to stack up that defense. Pretty sure that's going to get a quick turnaround. Yeah, and... and Obviously, you can ride what you're showing. You can, you can do big games. Again, going down that stretch, though, they, they have not proven recently that they can do really well in the Pac-12. They haven't proven recently they can beat Utah at all. And that Utah game is really looming. Notre Dame, I'll, I'll go either way on that, but North Bend is not an easy place to go play. If we're going to talk about the University of Washington being in the top ten, uh, just outside in the NIL Top 25, and you're going to talk about Bo Nix in Oregon. I mean, that down the stretch, that is a really tough stretch of games, five of your final six against that. So, yeah, they come out of that. They might be competing with Georgia for the number one overall seed. I'll believe when I see it, though. Oh, I think they're going to give Utah that uh, O.J. Simpson special. They're going to get murdered this year. The glove fits this time. They could. It's not a, It's not in Salt Lake City. That, that's a big difference. It is really tough, as I think Florida's going to see in week one, going to Salt Lake City, playing in Utah. It's a smaller stadium, but it's a it's a passionate fan base. That game's obviously in the Coliseum. So you're right. That does favor USC, but also lost a neutral site game. So we'll see. So it's been a while since there's been a preseason top 10 team in Seattle. So what's the hype like having a top 10 rated team? Uh, a lot of hype. A lot of hype around it. I, th- I think Michael Penix, I, I saw him live several times last year. Kid's got an absolute cannon. Really the best way to describe Michael Penix is he is a gunslinger in every sense of the word. The sense that he's got a cannon arm, will try to make a lot of throws in the tight windows. Sometimes that works for him. But uh, if you go back to the UCLA game last year or a couple other games, uh, he is prone to the interception. Uh, he tries to make two tight of throws at times. So I, I think the key with Penix and Washington is can he reduce the interceptions, reduce the turnovers? But Coach Dubois has really done a decent job in recruiting 
uh, starting to put a fence around the state, which is something we haven't seen since Chris Peterson was up here. So a lot of excitement around it. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. You got, you know, Oregon State, Oregon, Washington, Washington State, all going to be really competitive in the Pac-12, especially Oregon and Washington. So that that game alone, just up in that region, it's got to be, it's just going to be awesome. I would love to be up there for that game. Yeah, it's going to be intense. And I, I and I think that's the common theme when you're looking at the Pac-12, some of the teams, there's, there's five in the top 25 uh, in both the AP and the NIL top 25s. But if you actually break them down and look at their schedules this year, they're all playing each other, which it sounds a little unique. Uh, last year, you didn't see a lot of that, just cross-rivalry games, maybe one or two. But University of Washington, they've got Oregon. They've got Oregon State. They've got USC. They've got Utah. Throw in a Colorado in there if you want to as well. Plus a non-conference of starting out the season with Boise State, not the same Boise State we all know and remember, but a solid team. And then they're traveling to East Lansing in week three. So you got that a decent non-conference schedule for the University of Washington, plus a really tough conference schedule, which they did not have last year at all. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this team travels and how they perform. They do exceptionally well playing at home in Seattle. When they are trying to go to L.A. or go to other places, they stumble a lot of times. Yeah, it's definitely going to be competitive out there. You're definitely not going to get a lot of cheap slappers out there like you like you could uh, usually get out of the Pac-12, but it's a different year. There's a lot of good programs out there this year. It's the best that Pac-12 put together as a whole in a, in a long time. Absolutely. And really, I think the story out of the Pac-12 is if you see one of these five ranked teams really put it all together, you have a legitimate shot of putting a Pac-12 team in the playoff. Any, any team this year that can go zero to one losses in the Pac-12, in my opinion, is probably going to get that, that top four, that playoff seeding. However, if they start beating each other, you could see a lot of these teams slipping into the 15, 20, 25 range, even not ranked because they're all finishing with three, four losses. Yeah, they definitely could beat themselves out of the playoffs. Yes, they could. Another question for you. So every year, there's a team like TCU. Maybe not quite like TCU did, but every year there's a team outside the top 25 they kind of wiggle themselves in, they compete for a playoff spot. Who do you see as a team outside the top 25 that's going to do that TCU-type run? Well, top 25, again, if we're, if we're looking at the two different polls, you got the AP poll where Miami is not in the top 25 going in. Now, if you go and reference the NIL top 25, I've seen them at 16, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that. But that is the team I'd be looking at as a team that is not ranked, at least in the AP top 25 currently, to probably be competing potentially for a playoff spot. You know, they have the most overranked team, in my opinion, every single year, Texas A&M at home, but they're going to get that game early, so A&M will be ranked before they get their five losses this year. Uh, they got Clemson at home, and as I alluded to earlier, Florida State. Florida State's on the road in Tallahassee. I'm not sold on, on Florida State. Maybe other people are. But you put those three wins together in a very weak ACC this year. I don't know who they're going to be playing in the ACC title game, but they somehow figure out a way to beat Clemson at home, put everything together. I think Mario Cristobal's done some great coaching in Oregon and some other places. They have that shot that if the ball bounces the right way and, and Van Dyke plays to the level everyone tells me he can play at, I think they could be a playoff. See, I disagree about Mario. I think Mario's good at getting the girl wet, but can't get her off. Can't make her finish. Uh, well, he's not at Oregon for a reason, so. <laughs> but... Yeah, that'd be the big one. Uh, sneaky one, uh, I, I'm not as sold on this one as I am with Miami, but I like Tulane. I like Tulane. Returning quarterbacks are always a big deal for me in college football. 
Uh, not bringing back as many starters as a lot of these teams are, but you know they have Ole Miss early on. Who knows what Ole Miss is going to be when it comes down to it? They somehow eke out a win against Ole Miss. I think uh, UTSA. They got a returning quarterback. They got a lot of returning starters. Uh, could be a sneaky ranked team. Who knows how that all plays out in the how that plays out in the end? I don't think Tulane's going to be a playoff team. But after what they did to USC last year, albeit USC's heart was probably not in that game, that's how you start building a program. You, you start winning some big-time bowl games. So don't think that's a playoff team, but I think that's a team that could be sneaky top 15. Very good. Very good. Something that you need to know about Florida State. In terms of production coming back, they are number one at 87% of their production coming back. 87%. That's unheard of. They finished the season with one, two, three, four, five game, six game win streak, and they had the number six rated transfer class. So they are on fire, dude. They're going to make it, and they're going to stay up there in the top five all year. So who are you putting ACC right now? Florida State or Clemson? Florida State. Easy. Oh, uh, I, I think I think Clemson has fallen off the map the last two years because uh, Uyunglele, he's no longer with the program. Full season with Klubnik in there. I think we see Clemson returning to the form we're used to. Him. They got Riley's little brother. Recruiting class has been ridiculous too at Clemson. Their recruiting classes have been great, uh, but so have Florida State's. True, um, but but I, I think you can make the argument on how the numbers in front of me. Florida State, you know, off and on over the last decade has had pretty good recruiting classes, pretty solid in and out. I won't say top 10 every year, but it, it, it's a pretty prestigious program. I haven't seen that recruiting and that talent translate the results on the field. I mean, I still remember them losing to Jacksonville State a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, uh, I'm going to push back on the DJ thing. i got to hit you. So we'll go back to your area. DJ up at Oregon State. I think he catches a lot of blame for what happened at Clemson, but I really think that was the coordinators that he hired from within the program that were not ready for the job, and DJ fell on the sword. That's just my opinion on it. Maybe, and I won't claim to be a quarterback guru or anything, but I guess, and this could be a lot of the hype around him as well, it was just every big game, you you go in, you expect him to make big plays, do all these things, and it just never happened. They were putting up 10 points a game in these big games. It'll be interesting to see Corvallis and Oregon State up here. Um, Maybe a little bit of the spotlight off, the pressure off, maybe free him up a little bit. Maybe they just say go out and let it rip, and he he performs at the level everyone thought he could. All right, B, what uh, what other questions you got for him? Well, we kind of touched on a lot of the questions that at least had to start, but with Ohio State being ranked number three in the AP poll, Washington being ranked number 10, NIL fan votes poll has them 13 and 6 respectively what do you think about that difference well ohio state full disclosure that is my alma mater so a little bit biased here but i definitely understand kind of the top 10 ranking got that new quarterback you gotta wait and see exactly. we're all used to putting up the offensive numbers at ohio state but this is a new quarterback it's going to be a transition for the first few weeks thank goodness we have a three-game warm-up before we go to south bend but i think people are, are going to want to see what the quarterback's going to produce before they start putting them a little bit higher. And let's be honest, defense has been a work in progress for several, several years now. we got Jim Knowles. We thought he was going to come in and save the day. I remember a game in late November where it was cursing his name quite a bit. It was pretty awful. So really want to see what year two looks like in that defense. I'm not expecting a top three defense. I just need a, a decent defense because um, the offense is going to put up numbers. So 
I, I understand the trepidation in the NIL putting them six. I'm not going to really squabble over that. I, I'm a very much going to be a wait and see approach with Ohio State. Washington, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that they're, they're 12 in the NIL. It's just a team that kind of stumbled a little bit last year. People may still remember Penix from his Indiana days. Not really seeing that translation coming over to Seattle with the University of Washington. But I'll tell you what, they've got a really good team up here. They have a top-ranked wide receiver. If it wasn't for the uh, Abuka and Harrison at Ohio State, you'd probably be talking about this kid, number one uh, wide receiver in the country. They got a really good offensive line. You know, I, I could see the uh, the 10 to 15 ranking with the, with the two poles. Yeah, and that's oh, kind of what some players on that defensive line, too. It's a little bit of depth issues, but they got some good players starting up front. Yeah, they do. And it's sneaky how many, uh, if you look back the last five, eight, how many University of Washington players are getting drafted going to NFL teams. They are finding talent, producing some good talent up here. It's just kind of been under a radar. In Seattle, Matt, that's kind of where we're coming from with the rest of the top 25 NIL fan votes, at least. The proven quarterback makes a difference. So, you don't know which one of those unproven quarterbacks is going to emerge from Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. They all took a little bit of a dip in the polls just because of that proven quarterback. Now, one of those teams for sure is going to have someone that just shines. Maybe all three, but until we see it, then we can start rating them a little bit higher and getting them up there. I mean, Georgia doesn't have far to go, obviously. They one spot. And they're less quarterback-centric, too, so Georgia's not so dependent on the quarterback, unlike Ohio State, unlike Alabama, they need a dynamic quarterback for their offense to work. And to beat Georgia. Not built that way, so they didn't slide that far. And to beat Georgia. To match up with Georgia, you have to have a stellar quarterback. Well, I mean, look exactly. at anyone else. you got to be able to throw right the ball. There with you. Right there with you, B. Question uh, for Matt and B. If you want to chime in, feel free. I have that old 90s Miami swagger. What team is bringing that back? What team has that big deck energy this year? Just walks in the locker room, swinging that monster around, and everybody's on notice. Yeah, I, I already mentioned one. I, I'm pretty sold on this team again. Clemson, I think they've been down for a couple of years. I think people have kind of forgotten about them, even though you're looking at the NIL, they're in the top 10. You're looking at the AP, they're top 10 as well, too. But they're bottom top 10. Uh, this, is a, this is a team that's not too far removed from multiple national championships. I'll give you a sneaky one that I really like since since we're, we're going with the NIL and it seems to be a lot of returning starters, quarterback, coach. That seems to be a big thing, which I agree. Those are major factors in college football. How about the Kansas Jayhawks? you got 17 returning starters. you got Jalen Daniels. You've got Lance Leipold, a coach who took a Buffalo program and made them prominent. You know, got a Khalil Mack recruit in there along the way. So it's a sneaky team. However, if you kind of look at their schedule a little bit, you've got some newcomers to the Big 12. You got the BYU, you got Cincinnati last game of the season, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas. It is a little bit of a challenging schedule, but there is a path, if you see it there, with the returning starters, the quarterback, and the coach, that there is a strong possibility Kansas Jayhawks could be this year's TCU in terms of vying for a potential playoff spot. And they and they looked like that team last year, man. They came out the gate swinging. I believe they went six and zero, and then kind of fell apart. They imploded like a sub looking for the Titanic. But they were definitely on a good run last year, and I could see that happening again. Jalen Daniels got injured. I mean, that was that was what derailed them for most part. That's true story. Coaching, coaching, and quarterback major in, in, in football as a whole, but especially in college football, that plus seventeen returning starters. Tough schedule, but they navigated. They got a shot. All right, so Matt. Who is the blue ball special? Who's that team that's in the top 25, in the top 10, don't belong there, both the AP poll, both the NIL messed up? Who should be swinging out of there? Oh, kind of a few come to mind. Again, I, I know me and Beaver are going to disagree on these. 
I'm not sold on Florida State whatsoever. I, I think they're going to – I believe that first game is in Orlando. Could be wrong there, that neutral site game. I think LSU is going to beat them this year. And I think they're going to be 0-1 right out of the gate. I'm not convinced about Florida State whatsoever. That's one of mine. I'd also look at Tennessee. Melton, that quarterback, I, I think Hendon Hooker had a really special year last year. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of great things going on there. Didn't see a great team overall. I mean, you, you know, after Hendon Hooker went out, I was watching the Tennessee-South Carolina game, and South Carolina throttled them. And maybe that's because they lost their quarterback or however it was. I didn't see a great team there. So, no, definitely, he's been, what, he's a fifth-year player in college, so that means he hasn't been able to beat out people. I disagree on Florida State. I actually think LSU might be somebody who could fall out of the top 10 pretty easily. But yeah, one more question for you, then we'll get you out of here. With Wisconsin being the top 25, you know, I got to talk Wisconsin. What is your favorite whiskey? What do you recommend for the fans out there to give a try? Whiskey is something near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm not really going to go into whiskey bourbon argument whatsoever, so I'll kind of bleed between the lines there. I kind of switch between three different at, the, at this point in time. Uh, Four Roses, one of my favorites. You can get your hands on it. Highly recommend. Angel's Envy uh, is one I've been drinking quite a bit recently, too. And then, obviously, being up here in the Seattle area, there's a lot favorite. It's called Woodenville Whiskey. If you're ever able to order them online or check them out, I would highly recommend it. Uh, just a really smooth over-around bourbon. So, that's probably my top three. Man, thanks for the, the whiskey throttle update. Uh, definitely going to have to give that Angel's Envy a try. Pete, you got anything for Matt? Uh, my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. All right, Seattle, Matt, go do Matt things. We'll do it. Thank you. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also visit the website nilfanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today. <laughs>